Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 222. This episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Now, hear me out. I know a lot of us are living on one income and homeschool moms, I mean, we can wear kind of whatever we need to around the house, right? But isn't it fun to get new clothes? I'm personally a thrift store girl. I always have been. But once I learned how Stitch Fix works and that if I use someone's referral credits, like I can get free clothes and I can share my referral link with others, then I realized that it's actually fun to get something really personalized that fits my taste, my style, my budget, and get it sent right to me. Because in addition to being a thrift store girl, I am a total introvert. I don't like clothes shopping. I know some of you think that's crazy, but some of you are cheering right now because you're exactly like me. You're like, yes, I don't like going to a crazy busy store and trying on tons of clothes and then having to make a decision. So if all of this sounds like it would fit you, like you get something sent to your door in a box, you try it on in the comfort of your own home. You feel like you can take your time a couple days thinking about it. Okay. Does it fit? Does it look right? Is it in my budget? Do I have other things in my closet that I can wear with it? And best of all, Maybe I can use some referral credit and get it for free or nearly free. Well, if this sounds like a perfect fit for you, then I want you to try out Stitch Fix. You can get a $25 credit by using my referral code, which you can find at 41more.com forward slash Stitch Fix. If you're a first-time customer, it'll take you right there and offer you a $25 credit. That means you can get a box of five items sent to you for free. If you hate everything, you send it back for free and the $25 credit is gone and it wipes you clear and free. You're fine. But if you end up keeping something, that $25 credit will go to purchase that item that you want to keep. So I know this is a little bit longer than I normally go, but I wanted to give you a little bit of explanation of why I love Stitch Fix. And I think even homeschool moms who stay at home most of the time, hey, we we really do like to look pretty. We like to get new clothes. And of course you got to leave the house sometimes. So you might as well have some nice clothes to do it in. Right? So check out that $25 credit at 41more.com forward slash stitch fix. Well, hello and welcome to episode 222. Of course you can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 222. Today we want to cover the topic and I'm just going to say it. Don't homeschool alone. You don't need to feel like you're all alone doing this huge job of homeschooling. So we're going to talk through that. Plus five tips for getting ready for the school year. It's mid-July when this is going live. Have you started yet? Are you thinking about it? Honestly, we've been off on our summer break for several months now. I hate to say it. And because my teen is working a lot of hours right now, I don't want to start homeschooling because he actually needs the money. He needs to be saving money for college and he needs to be working. So, and my, my daughter's enjoying the free time and swimming in the neighborhood and stuff. So I'm kind of like, you know, I think we might just start in September, which is super late for us. We've always started early, but you know, you go through seasons and different stages and changes. I mean, we've got college kids home, so I definitely am not going to start till they go back in mid-August anyway. So, you know, things do change every year. I have never stayed the same and it's just a weird schedule I'm in right now. So 
while I don't have homeschooling going on, I'm going to make the most of it and get some podcasts recorded and get some content ready for the fall. So if you're getting ready for the fall and for your new school year, that's what I want to cover today. Here are five important tasks to help you get ready. So these are things that you can do in the next couple weeks. Even if you've started, go ahead and think through this list and maybe you've missed something that if you make sure you get on track right now, your coming homeschool year will be much smoother, much more peaceful, and you'll be much more productive and organized. So here's how to organize your resources, make a clear plan, have an effective schedule, and have a productive educational homeschool year coming up. You ready? Let's jump in. Here are your five tips. Number one, you want to evaluate your homeschool goals before you start the year. Now, you've probably done this already if you've already shopped for curriculum, or at least I hope you have, and you don't need to get so nitty gritty. I mean, honestly, if your child is in third grade, I mean, you don't have to spell out all the skills you want them to learn in math this year. If you have a really solid third grade math curriculum, you're basically saying, hey, we need to complete this third grade math. I mean, and that's going to cover the math skills. I've never spent tons of time being kind of crazy about boiling it down to so many detailed uh, goals and objectives, because I just don't think you need to do that. Now, if you're totally creating your whole curriculum by yourself, you know, and pulling in a bunch of free resources, you might want to do this more on a granular level to make sure you're not missing anything. But if you use really solid curriculum, you're probably okay. But you do want to consider like, is anyone learning specific skills you want to make sure you address? Maybe you have some and learning to read this year. Make sure you have everything in place for that. Maybe you just figured out one of your kids has dyslexia and you might need to change things up for that or you know, have a more specific plan in place. Even if a child is entering a new phase of school. So maybe you have a child starting high school this year. Well, you want to evaluate your whole high school plan before you jump into ninth grade. You want to have that laid out so that you don't get to their senior year and go, oh, we forgot two credits required to graduate or whatever. So depending on where your kids are, what ages and grades and stages or what skills they need to learn, you know, that'll determine how detailed you want to get here. But you even might want to put in some goals like life skills. You know, what, what is the age of your child and what kind of life skills do you want to actually work on this year that you don't have curriculum for, but you want to have them listed so you don't forget. So In addition to evaluating your goals for the year, develop some sort of curriculum map. This can even be a general plan for, you know, K through four, if your child is starting in kindergarten, kind of like, where do you want to be in the next four years? Or your child's high school plan or middle school plan, or this might be a general mapping out of, okay, what is our elementary history going to look like in K through six? And then we'll reevaluate again, seven through 12. Sometimes it's nice to know where you're going, especially in a certain subject area so that you have a great plan in place before you jump in. So those are the things that I'm talking about. Now, if you do a lot of unit studies, you know, now's the time to figure out those unit studies and plan that out. But if you're using solid curriculum, you don't necessarily have to get really nitty gritty. I have lots of resources for you. A lot of them are free. You can find them in our library to help you with unit study planning, uh, planning your year, you know, sheets to give you a great high school overview, different content area planning helps. You can find that all in our library at 41more.com forward slash library. 
So the second step to getting ready for the coming year is to choose and gather your curriculum and resources. You've probably already done a lot of your research. Many of you have purchased already, or you're hitting some of these great sales that I see going on here in July, which is kind of crazy because I like to get my stuff purchased in the spring. But honestly, if you're okay with waiting a little bit, I've noticed that there's a lot of companies that run some really great sales throughout the summer. So go ahead and take some time and gather the necessary tech textbooks, workbooks, online resources, manipulatives, all the pencils and, you know, physical supplies you're going to need. It is kind of fun to do the school shopping when the stores start putting everything out right about now in the summer. So go ahead and gather all that and make sure you're all set. We'll talk about what to do with those in another step, but that's number two. Step number three is to create some sort of homeschool schedule. Now, if you know me, you know I don't advocate for some rigid schedule where you're writing out 8.30 to 9 is spelling, 9 to 9.30 is math, like, you know, 10 o'clock is our snack and you can't have a snack at any other time. You know, like we're not in school. I don't think that works well for most kids. I can still use the word schedule, but it really just means a flow, a routine. Like, does everyone know what to do next? If you can answer the question, what do we do next? You probably have a homeschool schedule. It's probably not a free for all. And so, you know, I love work boxes for the younger crew. Some kids just love a really great checklist, a really colorful chart on the wall, showing them what they need to accomplish each day. Your high schoolers, I think will do really well with Trello, which is what we use over here in high school. And again, I have so much help for you in these areas. If you search for any of these keywords on my site, you will find help, but you just want to design some sort of schedule. So what does your schedule look like? Are you five day a week homeschoolers, four day a week? Are you at home three days and then you have a co-op day and then you have an errand day with library visit thrown in? Like what is your general flow? Doesn't mean you can never break from that general flow, but it is helpful to figure that out. And then of course, figure out how many days do you have to homeschool in your state to be compliant? Maybe your state doesn't care. Maybe your state has a certain number, you know, figure that out and then say, okay, do I want to map out when we're doing breaks? Some homeschoolers do terms where they do six weeks of school, take a week or two off, six weeks of school, do a week or two off. You know, some do semesters and then have breaks. There are so many ways to do it, but it's great to figure it out before you start your year. Now, the other great thing about figuring out your schedule before you start is that you can work in buffers or times for, you know, if you have unexpected interruptions to your homeschool year, you don't have to feel like you're behind. So this is a great thing to do right now in the summer. Just get a one page um, school year calendar where you can see it all in one page, count up how many days you need for, to be compliant with your homeschool law, and then map out when you want to take breaks, when you're going to homeschool and make sure everything is settled before you start your year. So you'll want a yearly schedule and then you want to just look at your weekly schedule. And like I said, make sure you figure out if you're out of the house for certain days, if you have lessons or co-ops or other things going on that you make sure you have specific time slots to get everything in. You want to balance things. You still need to be home doing math and language arts at some point. Um, you know, how are you going to fit everything in and organize your homeschool day? So definitely take some time to create that right now before you jump into your year. 
Tip number four is to go ahead and set up your learning space. Now, I don't think you need a homeschool room at all. We've done homeschool rooms in our past and they never worked quite well. We liked being in the hub of the home. We just love being at the kitchen table and it just worked well, especially with multiple kids. You know, there are, there are ways you can do this. You can have morning time or couch subjects where you're doing a lot of that together stuff. It's very informal and relaxed and you get a lot of stuff done together on the couch, then you can move to the table for your table subjects, like getting your math done and your language arts. And then when everyone's in one spot, like the table, you can help them as needed. Everyone's kind of within reach of all the supplies. And it's a great way to set up a family style of learning in your home. And you don't have to have your dining room or your kitchen look like a kindergarten classroom. If you decide to do this, you certainly can make use of storage, hidden storage, you know, like a big hutch in your dining room. Maybe it's not going to hold dishes right now. Maybe it's your homeschool supply cabinet and where you put all your stuff. And then at the end of the day, you close it up and no one has to see it anymore. That's kind of how I like to go. I don't want to see tons of school stuff around if I can help it. So take time to figure out how you're going to organize your home and where you're going to store everything so everyone knows where it is. I had a really great episode with Lisa Woodruff of Organize 365, and I've replayed her episode where she talks about having a school supply store in your home. And I love this idea. I've always kind of done it anyway, because that's just the way I am. But if you want to be more organized this year, definitely listen to that episode about the school supply store. I think it's a really great idea and it's a great time to stock up on supplies and set that up in your home. So that episode with Lisa was on episode 169 and you can find a homeschool supply list on my site as well. It's also in the resource library I already mentioned at 41more.com forward slash library. And finally, tip number five, before you jump into your year, go ahead and establish whatever record keeping system you're going to use. Some of you have elementary kids and you are not going to assign them grades. You're just going to enjoy learning. And I love that. And I think that's the right way to go, but you still might have to have a portfolio for your state, or you might want it just for your own memories. So figure out how you're going to know what to keep and what to get rid of, because you know how it is children's artwork or things they produce. I mean, if you keep every little thing, you will need a second house to store it all in, or you'll need a storage unit. So at the beginning, figure out how you're going to decide what you're keeping and what you're going to toss. Now, when your kids are older, especially high school, you're probably going to need to assign grades somehow and you're going to want to, you know, have grades for the transcripts. So figure out your record keeping system now. Um, I have lots of help for you on this too. And we personally use a student grade sheet. I give a lot of my give a lot. I give all of my high schoolers a lot of responsibility in this area where they, they grade a lot of their own work, or if I grade it, they go ahead and record it and keep a running grade for every class they're taking. So at the end of the semester, I'm not sitting around with a calculator figuring out their grades and all their subjects. I already know them because we've been doing it all along. We've been keeping a running total. So figure out how this is going to work. How are you going to track progress? Um, do you have to keep attendance? Do you not have to? Um, what about assessments? Are you going to keep grades? You know, are they in high school? Do they need a transcript? 
What is your portfolio system going to look like if you have to do that or if you want to do that? So just make sure you find out what the laws are for where you homeschool. Do you need to do record keeping or do you want to just do it for your own records and maybe it will be useful in the future too. So just figure that out here at the beginning and then you'll be all set to jump into the new year. So by just taking a few minutes this summer and getting these things in place, you will set yourself up for a really successful homeschool year. But if you're looking for more detailed help, maybe a little more structure, how about a monthly step-by-step guide of what's the most important thing for you to accomplish each month of the year in order to stay on top of your housekeeping, your homeschooling, and all of the things in between. If this is something you would benefit from, then you need to join the Homeschool Mom Collective. Now, what is the collective? Well, it used to be a monthly membership while I was building out the structure. Now it's a one-time fee, which gets you access to 12 months worth of rinse and repeat homeschool help. You'll be able to download a monthly success path to guide you through the most important things each month of the year. So for example, sometimes we cover what to do on sick days and how to plan for that or how to plan for your homeschool year. How do you pick curriculum? How do you keep up with the homemaking chores while you're also homeschooling? We cover pretty much everything that I knew homeschool moms were struggling with because they were the same things I had struggled with for many years. I mean, of course, I still struggle with some of them, right? Let's be honest. We're never perfect, but of course we get better as we go because we learn strategies and we learn how things work best for us. So you'll find even interviews I did with experts in the field of whatever we're talking about, homeschooling or different areas to go along with monthly topics. And sometimes they even share products in there that are normally paid resources, but I give them to you for free because you're in the collective. And like I said, once you're in, you're in, and you can get that help over and over again every year. And finally, if you have questions about the content, you can ask right there in Teachable where I host the collective and I'll answer you. But best of all, if you use the coupon code I'm going to give you, you could save 50% off the collective. So to tell you the truth, this is going to cost you $3 and some change per month to have this simple plan, targeted resources, step-by-step guide and help for every single month of the homeschool year. So use the code support for 50% off, and you can find the Homeschool Mom Collective at 41more.teachable.com, or you can go to 41more.com forward slash shop and find the collective link there. Again, use the coupon code support for 50% off and get this year off to a really great start because Remember what I was saying, you don't have to homeschool alone, and that's what the collective is for. Obviously, if you have a local support group of real-life women, veteran homeschool moms, that's like the best scenario. I had that at the beginning when I started homeschooling, and it was really helpful because I heard about curriculum I would have never heard about. I learned from them. I watched their kids. I saw how they parented their teenagers when I only had toddlers. It was really encouraging. But I know not everyone has that where they live, and so that's why I wanted to create something online to help you out if you're a homeschool mom who needs that extra support. So go ahead and check out the collective at 41more.teachable.com or 41more.com forward slash 
shop because you don't need to be homeschooling all alone. Thanks for joining us today on this episode. Remember, you can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 222. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.